Hi, everybody, and welcome to our latest podcast. And today we've got a really special guest on who's actually a previous client of mine. And I'm going to let her share her story with you, um, how she lost four stone, six pounds and pretty much got her life back um, from someone who was hiding in the shadows, um, house hatching at home, passing by every opportunity that came her way because of her lack of confidence and self-esteem. And she's just blossomed into a brand new person, the person she's always wanted to be. So before I um, move straight on to the podcast recording, um, I just wanted to say a massive congratulations to all our Revive and Thrive clients. This is a program that we launched at the start of September and it's an evergreen program and you can start at any time. But we sort of have now sort of with the six week mark for people who've started back in September. And this program has replaced our shorter term boot camp because it just simply wasn't long enough. And the results are everything we wanted and more. Um, and, and it's not just the results around what somebody weighs, but it's the overall, it's the the wins, the small wins that people really, really struggle with in terms of always thinking about it has to be on the scale it has to be on the scale why am I not dropping weight but it's you know the small ones around clothes getting looser having to buy new jackets you know having to having the energy again to get up and do the things that you want to do getting rid of that brain fog and, and more mental clarity it's those um observations to me that are the most important thing, the feeling good again. So I've popped a few up on my story here. And if you keep an eye on my stories and follow me on Instagram, Tower Grounds Fitness, I do every, as much as I can, try to put them on um, those be small wins and, and sort of showcase them on my story and on my social media. But a massive congratulations. And again, this week, I have two clients finishing my one-to-one -one VIP, a lady who, and again, this might not seem much to a lot of people, but I always say it's very relative when it comes to fat loss. Somebody who's been trying to lose that sort of stubborn stone and a half for the last 10 years, who've maybe tried and failed a few times, getting that stone and a half off of a client who is 51, trains really well, always has been really good at her, at her exercise, but just struggled with that stubborn tummy fat that sort of accumulated more so when she started coming into her perimenopausal stages, is now looking exceptional amazing and um so she's finished this weekend and I have another client who's lost the guts of four stone again we've taken her out of obesity and brought her back down into a healthy weight range and you know has gone from a size 18 to a size 10 to 12 so it's the small wins again you know booking the holiday and not filled with dread excitement about Christmas excitement about buying a new wardrobe or a new dress for Christmas it's so small things but um and I wanted to hammer that home that it's not always about the this this the scale weight you know if anything I'd be dumping the scales I'd be going about how you feel um and this is what our programs are all about yes everybody loves to see the scale coming down but it's not necessarily the most important thing so again um, I'm going to let Elaine share her story again and you're going to love this and it's going to inspire you and don't ever be afraid to reach out to me if you're struggling if you need you know how long have you been doing this on your own how much weight have you put on how much weight have you lost over the years if you add up all the weight that you've lost over the years I'm sure it's, it's three times your current body weight Reach out for professional help where you need it. Don't struggle alone. You don't need to. Um, and start feeling the way that you should be feeling. So, guys, enjoy. Sit back, relax, enjoy. If you're watching this and if you're listening to this in your car or if you're listening to this on your, um, on your walk, be prepared to be inspired. Have a great day. 
Hi everybody, welcome to a very special podcast with a very special guest. Um, Elaine Marsden has been one of my one-to-one clients and she is one of our big success stories. Um, she's that big of an inspiration. She, I invited her on to a podcast because Elaine not only has changed her body, changed her life or weight, she's also changed her entire life. And for me, what I do is it's not just for me, it's not the weight loss, it's not the dress size, it's how you feel. It's about getting you to a place in your life where you wake up every day and you feel confident. You feel that you can take on all the challenges that life throws at you and that you're lean, fit, healthy and stronger moving into your 50s, 60s, 70s. That to me what is what I coach, what my program's all about. And I think Elaine epitomizes everything that we coach and the, the new habits and behaviours we try to instill. So I'm going to welcome you, welcome you all to Elaine. Welcome Elaine. Thank you so much for coming on the programme. Hi Tara, hi everyone. Um, so what I'm going to do here, I'm going to let Elaine sort of give her a few wee questions here and let her explain. Let Elaine, we're, we haven't this really scripted to be honest with you. As I said to Elaine before the podcast started, I want this to be a very natural conversation because I find that when your conversation's natural, it tends to move in its own natural tangents as well. Um, but you know, Elaine is such a lovely person and I actually miss her. I <laughs> coached Elaine for six months, one-to-one in my VIP program. And when you, these clients go away, and this, sounds, this might sound weird to people who listen on, but when you when I coach somebody, you know, and, and do you know, Elaine, I, 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 don't, I don't take any prisoners, but no. I, you know, I get very close to my clients. Um, you're with them on the ups and the downs and I miss them so much when they leave. And, you know, I still be texting them back and forth to see how they're getting on. And Elaine's definitely somebody that we all ask about in the office. How's, how's Elaine getting on? How's she getting on? So look, Elaine, tell everybody your story, where you started, what weight you started and where you are now. And then we can we can dial back into the detail again. Yeah, well, I suppose it was just um just over a year maybe or more ago, um Tara and um it was coming out of lockdown. I suppose I was the heaviest I'd ever been. Um, I was just feeling really lethargic. Um, I just had pains in my legs. I had, you know, had low self esteem. I wasn't feeling great about myself. So, um, I was just coming out of lockdown. I just wasn't feeling great. Um, I was at that stage, I was 18 stone, 13 pound. Um, so really and truly, I knew in terms of I needed to change things for my health, which was the biggest mm-hmm. driver. Um, so that's where I started off in terms of that was the start of my journey. That was the, the tipping point for me in terms of my health. I just needed to change. I was a single parent. I needed to be there for my family. Um, and I tried things all over the years. Um. I think I'd been on a diet most of my adult life. Um, I can't even remember not being on a, on some sort of an eating plan or or diet. So that that's where I was. I was at probably the lowest I had ever been in terms of um, health wise and weight wise. Yeah, because I remember when I was speaking to you, Elaine. You know, the, I remember the conversation I had with you when you and I were chatting. I know exactly where I was. Mm-hmm. I can remember the day, and I remember telling you distinctly, Elaine, this is the last diet you're ever going to do and I, you know I, I swear by that when I, I speak to all my clients this is the last I want this to be the last time you have to think about your weight live a life as I would say a half life because I know mm-hmm. that you know even though you're 18 stone 13 and you were very very overweight you know for me that brings as you say just not the physical but the mental um mm-hmm. 
the mental restrictions that it gives your life because I know you would have been a bit of a house hatcher as well and you weren't participating yeah. in social occasions and going out because you're probably number one you didn't feel good about yourself but you know to me that's the saddest thing of all when women yeah life indoors and are so embarrassed or so ashamed of themselves and how they've let themselves go they feel that there's no way out you know yeah. so what was it was there like a, a tipping point or a trigger or a eureka moment you said this is it I can't live like this I can't do this anymore was there that moment that light bulb moment Elaine yeah I think it was uh, it was a combination because I suppose um as you said yes impacting I suppose my life because I would near have not I've made excuses not to go out because I didn't feel great um um, but I knew I wanted to to probably change my life. So I had started like a hiking group and and I remember starting that group. And um, I think it was the first it was only a, it was only a small walk it was up a, a gradual incline, but I couldn't get a breath. I couldn't um, I couldn't even uh, get up that hill without sweating it. I thought it was taking a heart attack. And, you know, there was ones older than me. Um, I was only 43. Um, and I just felt so unfit and so good about myself. Um, so that that was a light bulb moment for me that I needed to change something okay. Okay. in terms of, and even just to get out and feel good about myself and to be, you know, get out more socially as well. Um, okay. So that's that's what it was in terms of the light bulb. Okay, so fast track one year. Tell, mm. tell, tell fast track one year, where are you at now? What's your weight? How are you feeling? And how's yeah. the mountains going? Yeah, so I'm down, I have lost four stones, six pounds. Um, I'm down to just over uh, 14 and a half stone. Now, I know I have a little bit more to go, but in terms of progress, you know, um, the Hicken group I have claimed uh, Sleeved Honoured was my first goal that I wanted to do. Um, I've moved on from it now, so I'm actually trying to do the top 10 more in mountain. So I'm, I've I've hit number seven now, so I've only three more to go to get to the top 10. Um, I've been going on solo trips um, on holidays. I've been doing hydro biking. You know, um, I'm just going out and embracing life and really enjoying life. Um, and that's what it's about. It's about it's about living your best life. And I wasn't in, in the way I was before because I didn't feel great about myself health or or mentally um so i'm in just a completely different place now tara than what i was a year ago and um, when you started this program elaine like a lot of women probably listen to this as i always say you know if you add up all those stones you've lost over the years and regained it's probably two or three times your current body weight you know okay. so you waste so many years dieting to put it back yeah. what was different for you this time Elaine what how do you think and okay like I've been with you every step of the way mm -hmm. this journey, but I want you to tell everybody listening what was different for you this time what was right this time that worked for you compared to every other attempt you ever tried at dieting what was it this time I, I think in terms of now um the things that I was doing before were not, I wasn't sustainable, they weren't sustainable. So what I wasn't, were you doing before, Elaine? So I would have, um, I knew how to dad and I could dad very well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was a, was one of those yo-yo dadders. I was on it. I was off it. So I would have lost about a stone and then um, I would have just, um, if I didn't progress or if I had a failure, um, I just give up. 
you know, uh, at the first hurdle. And what um, do you say is a, a failure, Elaine? Define what you say is a failure, because your failure, your definition of a failure, my definition of a failure, and people listening could be all completely different. So I love to know what do you see as a failure in your eyes back then? What was what was the trigger for you to to say to start regressing and self sabotaging? Yeah, well, I suppose if I put on weight or um, if I didn't have a good week or um, or something like that, something very easy would have kicked me off uh, off track and I would have kept on that track and just give up. Do you know what I mean? It would just uh, it just wasn't right for me. I, it wasn't um, the things that I was doing wasn't sustainable. It wasn't um, what would I say? I was eating things that probably weren't normal to me or, you know, it yeah, wasn't real life, you know. Yeah, you were probably doing what a lot of people make the mistake of doing, eating diet foods they don't like because you thought it was healthy and you thought it was, yeah. it was what you eat on a diet. Yes, you know, exactly yeah, this is So this is diet foods. So when, when you're on a diet and you have to lose weight, you can't eat chocolate or you can't have a glass of wine or a gin. You have to yeah. eat diet food. And it's probably stuff you didn't really like. And, no. you know, Compare that to the approach that you took when you started. I know when you started with me and in the past, I said to you, Lane, you know, it was me. I, I said to you, Lane, this ain't working for you. You've got to no. change this now. I was the one give you the curly fingers. Lane. You did. You did. So, and I think that the first thing was I had to be honest with myself. Yeah. In terms of, you know, um, when we started out, Tara, and I remember us doing the food dairy mm -hmm. and it was I was eating probably good, healthy meals. But when we added up my snacking, my snacking was like an, a meal in itself. Yeah. So that was a big shock for me in terms of, you know, just looking at my calories and and looking to see what I was eating, even though I was in the calories. But the quality of those calories weren't weren't great in terms of my snacking. Um, I think the other thing we looked at was my need activity, because at that stage, I had a very sedentary job, so mm -hmm. which I thought was a wee dander around. That was me exercise. It wasn't, you know, I had my neat activity to do, which was my 10,000 steps a day on top of me exercise. So it was all the wee incremental things, I think, that actually did contribute, um, you know, to me being to, to being sustainable. So like the protein, you know, making sure protein calories was my first filling up on protein so then I had more satiety that I wasn't binging later on at night um, just filling in filling up my meals more nutritious meals I think and do you uh, think that I, the do you think because I remember you know whenever I was coaching you your snack calories were a pound and a half of fat every week right. when we added them up and that's so right eating like bird-sized portions of lunch bird-sized portions of dinner mm -hmm. and you were eating maybe eight nine hundred calories a day in snacks that's correct that's the equivalent that's of two good solid meals so yeah um it was still giving you a bit of snacks but making sure that you weren't hungry that you felt you need to snack but there's a difference because most people don't snack out of hunger they snack out of habit and that's want. right it's there i see it i want it i'm going to eat it you mm -hmm. know so um and again with the coaching you know you were very you're very typical of a lot of people you would have went for a couple of weeks and then you would have you know, you just noticed that because I monitor your food and I was looking at yeah. you every day and seeing it every day, you're able to pick it up instantly. And sometimes you weren't even aware of it yourself. So subconscious, Elaine. Yeah, you yeah. into this mode every so often. Yes. And I was like, Elaine, what are you at? You know? Yeah. And whenever we chatted every week, I say, Elaine, you're doing it again. And yes, you, because you had been doing this for decades. That's right. You never noticed it. 
No, didn't. And do you know what? It was one of your sessions with, I think it was Nicholas Sherlock, and she, mm-hmm. she put it quite eloquently in terms of like, you know, we were ingrained at a young age, you know, when a baby cries, you feed it. Yeah. You know, when you're rewarding it, you feed it. You know, when it's having, you know, when you're sad, you feed it with food. And that was just, I suppose, ingrained in me in terms of emotions. You were just eating, yeah. for using food to feed emotions, yeah. which wasn't, you know, which was, was really enlightening for me. So, and I know you had a job trying to change my habits and trying to, yeah. I suppose, put things in place, you know, and trying to change those habits. Yeah, um, it's, it's funny. Babies get a soother, they get a dummy. Women just eat, you know. Yes. That's that's their that's their adult soother is food and alcohol for some people yeah. as well. And I think as well for you, Elaine, you because you know there's yourself and your daughter at home. You had an issue with boredom as well, mm-hmm. and you were indoors a lot of the time, and you didn't socialize or go out a lot, lot. So you had lots of time to sit in your own head with your own thoughts yeah. in your own house. You know, and the privacy of your own home with all the snacks in your cupboard, you know. So what else does one do when one's sitting in the winter nights bored at home, you know? Yes, right. Eat. Yeah. And I suppose my daughter got to the stage where she didn't need me anymore. She was self-sufficient and it was like this empty nest syndrome. And what do you do with yourself? And so it was that, you know, it was that that type of time, you know, where you were just um, and it was like sitting watching the TV, there was certain triggers like watching TV, sitting down, having a cup of tea, yeah. you know, and you just subconsciously or you, you were just eating, but you, it yeah. wasn't out of hunger, um, no. as you said. So, yeah. yeah. And Elaine, tell us what your plans are now. So I know I always talk about the phased approach and I always do my coaching and phases. Um, and because you know, at the start, you weren't climbing mountains when you started with me, you were barely no. 10,000 episodes was, and whenever I remember, I think it's this year was some, I can't remember somebody else. Everybody likes me too at the start when they sign up because your motivation is naturally at its peak at that stage because mm-hmm. you've committed to the program. It's like, give, give me everything. Give me the, the most aggressive calorie deficit. What are you talking about? Do we give me 2,200 calories today? I don't, I never lose weight in that. You know, I'll do all the steps. I'll do all the workouts. Give it to me. And I'm going, no, Elaine, here's your calories. And I think mm-hmm. nearly day because I was giving you a lot more calories than you were eating before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I said, no, you're just going to walk. I want you to walk for the first couple of months. Do we get this weight of you? Um, yeah. Your motivation starts, your energy starts to lift. We get some weight of your joints and then we start We start some physical activity. And that's exactly what you've done. And it worked perfectly with you because every little bit was a milestone and it was like a success and it was a little box ticked. And that was yeah. like, interested, built and it built and it built and you were consistently losing weight. And like on the weeks, Elaine, and you didn't lose weight every week. No. And it wasn't a linear process for you. It was a little no. bit of a wiggle at times. Your there first was. 12 weeks was pretty consistent. And then, yeah. which is very much in alignment with human nature, then the second 12 weeks, when people start to um, highlight your weight loss and say to you, when mm-hmm. their clothes start to feel loose, women think, hmm, oh God, God, I'm doing really well here. This is great. <laughs> and you tend to take your foot of the accelerator. And I know you did that too. And you I know, did to almost reward yourself a little bit. And you think, yes, job's done. And I was saying to you, Elaine, we're not even 50% way through what we need right. to do. The job wasn't stop, done. Stop dining out on your current and your success you've done so far. We're only like climbing up a mountain and going halfway and saying, yay, and celebrating. <laughs> Job's not complete. We haven't got to the top of the mountain yet. I remember saying that to you, and I remember you probably thinking, well, you want to slap me, but you know, <laughs> I'm glad. And I know we've had some touchy conversations, but we have. 
it was all good, you know, and it was, and you were right when you called me out when I had to, and that was proper <laughs> because I needed it. <laughs> and Elaine, the most rewarding thing for me in all of this was whenever I spoke to you every week, you could hear the change in your voice, you know, and this mm-hmm. is the first thing, because when you're coaching clients on, a, on an online basis, yeah, but you don't see them all the time. So, you know, I would see them on the weekly um, open office Zooms on a Monday night. But, you know, apart from your initial induction online, I'm mostly chatting these over the phone. One thing I can and I, I really feed off is the change in the tone of people's voice. So with the start, they come to me, obviously, they're in a bad place. Yeah. But like I was speaking to a lady this morning's with me three weeks, four weeks. And honest to God, Elaine, it was a bit like yourself. You know, it was down in the dumps, depressed. You know, if you, you have this mountain to climb, this journey to go on, mm-hmm. it's, quite, it's very, very, it's intimidating. You don't want to do it. You know you have to do it. But you don't want to do it. And yeah. then when the weeks progress, you can hear the voice changing. You can hear the positivity creeping back in. They start to do things they haven't done in a long time. Mm-hmm. Start shopping, start booking holidays. They start engaging in life again. And I was speaking to a lady this morning. And I was actually talking about you to her a few weeks ago and this lady was um, in a very, very bad accident and she became pretty much reclusive for many, many years, wouldn't go out. And within four weeks, I think she's lost about a stone, but she's now started to go to her local leisure centre. She started driving again. She stopped driving because of her confidence. She's uh-huh. driving to the local leisure centre. She's doing aquafit aerobics, which is unbelievable for a woman four or five weeks ago who wasn't leaving the house. Yeah. The difference in the tone of her voice for me says it all you know um so it is the small little things and i think for what i wanted to bring you on here was to sort of give your story around people who's sitting at home now or people who's listening to this and they've tried and failed so many times and they think well i can't do this where were you at the start did you have a genuine when you started with me elaine did you genuinely think i'm going to do it this time or was there still that wee creeping doubt in the back of your head did you think you're going to do it I, I I probably I I came with a different attitude. I suppose I said I was going to take it a day at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I probably before I was very impatient. You want things quickly. Women want things quickly, and we're probably impatient by nature. Yeah. So I just was. I thought this time I'm taking it a day at a time. I'm going to take this in bite sized chunks. Um, and I'm going to be realistic in terms of what. So I'm not going to get three stone off or four stone off and you know, a couple of months, that wasn't realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think you helped me along with that and said, you know, this is what you can achieve in, in 12 weeks or this is what you can achieve. And I think that really helped me. Um, so I, I suppose before, as I said to you, Tara, I'd never, and any dad I'd ever followed, I'd never, ever lost over a stone. Mm-hmm. And if I did, um, I fell at the last hurdle and put more of it on. So, you know, as I was going up the different half stones then my confidence sort of increased and I knew do you know and as I was starting to do things um my confidence increased and then I thought you know what I can do this and I and the confidence came with with the journey do you think um, Elaine that you had a mental block with that stone it seemed every time you get the stone off you mm-hmm. went the opposite direction so again that self that subconscious mental block the hurdles yeah. that you up for yourself were there and I remember yeah. You know, me saying, right, you know, and almost helping you visualize, right, when you get to this weight and when you get to this weight. And it became more believable the more you went down the stones, you realized, right, you got over that yeah. block of the stone and then it became easy for you after that. Lee. And I yeah, I, I think and, and I do think, um, you know, you had said about taking pictures and taking measurements and stuff. And it's looking at the small wins. It's not looking at the bigger yeah. picture. No, and, and it's looking at the size, yeah. you know, so it was like. 
even taking if you have a lot of weight is even taking like the first half stone or getting to the next stone or yeah. getting into that dress size or climbing that mountain or doing those extra steps it was taking it all in bite-sized chunks it yeah. wasn't eating the elephant all at once as I say yeah. it's, it mm-hmm. was just bit by bit Absolutely. Um, and I think that helped in terms of my journey it was being realistic yeah. Uh, and, and celebrating those small wins but not with food <laughs> you know yeah, with other and, and, and you know as I always says to you yeah we okay you can congratulate yourself and acknowledge the small wins but don't get cocky you know yes we're only as I said we're only quarter way through really and that's great now uh, well that's done let's go next job let's go let's next <laughs> next half stone next stone right. and I think the other question I wanted to ask you as well which I think mm. people listening Whenever you did had sticking points, because there were sticking points in your journey, um, what kept you going? Because those were, as I always say, as a coach, that's when you have to coach. It's easy to coach people when they're doing well. Mm -hmm. It's not so easy to help or to coach people when you come into your, for me, I feel that's the part I love is when people are struggling. You Mm -hmm. know, you have to get in, you have to dig deep with a client. Yeah. You have long, hard conversations. So for you... What got you out of those doldrums, as I call them, the diet doldrums, when you were there? And many years before, Elaine, you would have easily put all that yeah. back on. What was going through your mind? What was your driver to get you back up and on at it again instead of maybe one bad day leading into two, leading into three, leading into a week, maybe into months? What? Yeah, I, I suppose uh, for me it was, you know, it's having that bad day. It's okay to have a bad day. Yeah. I uh, um, let me just knock myself up if I had a bad day that fell into like a bad week or you know I just went off off it just went off kilter altogether but what what I done was you know it's okay everybody has bad days you'll always have a bad day it's what you do after that um I think that's in terms of your coaching you you know okay you've had a bad day put it behind you you can't change it but you can change what you can do from this point on so it was like your next meal, make it better or, you know, your next day, start afresh or, or whatever that is. But, you know, it's not letting that filter into because my picture or my goal was bigger than what, you know, that chocolate bar or that binge was. Do you know what I mean? I had my goals in, in sight. So that was always in the forefront of my mind. And not always. I suppose sometimes, Tara, you had to, I suppose, coach me into, you know, what is important here is your goals bigger than 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 that binge or that chocolate bar or whatever. So it was, yeah, it was just refocusing again in terms yeah. of looking at my goals. And do you think the work with uh, with Nicola and Kelly and all the psychologists and emotional eating counselling, do you think that really helped reestablish sort of new habits and behaviours as well, Elaine? Yeah, I, I think it does. It, you know, <laughs> I suppose like all of us, we're all intelligent women yeah. and we wonder, you know, why can't we get this? You know, we know if you eat more and, you know, even put on, but why can't you, you know, why can't you yeah. actually figure it out in your head? Why do you do it? Um, so I do think some of that coaching has helped me along and even some of the things and the techniques that you've helped me put in place. So, you know, if I'm um, sitting at home at night now, I don't sit and eat. I would go out for a walk or, you know, if I find, I know that what the triggers are now yeah. and it's putting those things in place, you know, to support me in that. So you talked about like a wee snack basket. So if I if I find myself, I want to have a wee uh, snack some night, at least I have a basket and I know in terms of, you know, that's 100 calories, you know, or this is, you know, I can have that. Yeah. Um. So it's putting all of those techniques in place. I think that helped those behaviors. So even holding back, 
you know, like 150 calories a day. So if I want a chocolate bar, I can have that chocolate bar. But I'm not going to feel guilty about it. No, no. And it's being kind to yourself, Elaine. A lot of us feel we have failed. We have had a chocolate bar. Yes. I have failed. I've had a packet of crisps. It's that sort of civil war you have going on in your own head. How how big of a failure you are over Mm -hmm. one maybe 200 calorie bar of chocolate, which is neither here nor there in the bigger scheme of things, but the power it can hold over us and the power it can hold over the choice that you make with your next meal is tremendous. It can uh-huh. inspire women's thoughts and, you know, it's breaking all that down and having more empathy and kindness towards yourself. You That's know, not the chocolate bar, eat the chocolate bar, you know, Jesus, yeah. don't don't kill yourself or break. You didn't kill anybody. That's the truth. You know, and you used to feel so guilty. So yeah. I, I had this guilt, you know, if I had a chocolate bar, oh God, I broke my dad, you know, oh, I've ruined the whole thing. But, you know, now I don't have that guilt. If I want the chocolate bar, I'll have the chocolate bar. I have the calories there if I want it. Nine times out of ten, I'll probably not have it. But, yeah. you know, it's there if I want it. Yeah, and it's, it's funny too, Elaine, because I think a lot of people think that they've got an eating disorder or disorder eating of some sort because they, they emotionally eat. We, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's important to say everybody emotionally eats. That's emotionally true. Eat. Everybody emotionally eats. We are not robots. We no. are human beings with mm-hmm. real life thoughts, feelings and things that happen in our life. And sometimes, you know, you reach for food. Some people reach for food. Some people are alcohol. Some people take drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, but doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make no. you know you don't have a disorder you know but it's understanding acknowledging it and, and pointing it out and saying right Elaine here are the tools mm-hmm. for when this happens or when you know you're getting to this point here's how you preempt it and here's the strategies in order to negate that or to give you a different strategy to do something else so you know I, I just I think people they think that they think they're broken they think there's something That's wrong. Right. they're not they've just been been following the wrong plan and a lot wrong strategy um, and been very unkind to themselves for a long period of time I think you mm-hmm. know? um but Elaine look I want to wrap this up by saying you know there's nobody more prouder than you than I am um, and the most important thing for me, as I always say to you, is that you have your life back. You know, yeah. you're moving into your your forties, your fifties, your sixties, healthier, happier. And I know you're you're never in the house now, which is fantastic. Yep. I love to hear that. Great. You're not house hatching anymore. No, definitely not. Taking um, every opportunity that comes my way and and um, just relishing it, loving it. Fantastic. And I, I suppose you look forward now to social occasions and going on holidays. Yeah, I definitely do. And I suppose I just feel more confident uh, trying different things and going out in different groups. And yeah, just loving, loving what I'm doing. Um, I'm just uh, enjoying life. Fantastic. You're a fantastic role model for everything we do. Um, And I thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank Um, you for having me. um, Fantastic. Thank you so much.